You're listening to Hidden History, and I'm your host, Ellis Tucci. Hidden History is an audio project of Bulletin Technologies, LLC. To find out how you can fly for a fraction of the cost of commercial, head to bulletinflights.com. Coca-Cola has been sold since 1886 and bottled since 1899, and back then you could buy a Coke for five cents. If you wanted one in 1925, five cents. 1940, five cents. The price of a six and a half ounce bottle of Coke was pinned at five cents for almost three quarters of a century. By 1959, they had disappeared. With an unwavering price through two world wars, the Great Depression, the launch of Pepsi, shortages in caramel and caffeine, tax hikes, and inflation, this economic phenomenon has an extremely appropriate, if uncreative, name. The fixed price of Coca-Cola from 1886 to 1959. So today we'll be talking about official blanks, nominal price rigidity, the psychological association of branding, the seven and a half cent coin, and of course, the nickel Coke. This is Hidden History. You're listening to episode five, Time in a Bottle. I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves. I'd like to teach the world to sing, sing with me. was the audio from Coca-Cola's 1971 Hilltop ad, where 30 young adults from around the world were gathered on top of a hill in Italy to sing the virtues of Coke, making use of its new slogan, It's the Real Thing. It has become one of the most famous ads ever, and was even included in the season finale of Mad Men. But of all the ad campaigns that have impacted the destiny of America's favorite soft drink, it was the addition of the phrase five cents to 73 years of Coke marketing material that cemented Coca-Cola as an element of American life and helped it move into nearly every fridge and soda fountain in the United States. Coca-Cola was first invented in 1866 by the pharmacist and former Confederate soldier John Stith Pemberton. He took his new creation to a local pharmacy on Peachtree Road in Atlanta, Georgia, where it was pronounced excellent. The new drink was sold for five cents per glass. Most drinks at soda fountains cost seven or eight cents, so Coke got its first foothold by marketing itself as an affordable option. In 1888, Pemberton would leave the Coca-Cola company, selling his entire stake to Asa Chandler. Coke was sold exclusively at soda fountains until 1899, 
when two lawyers, Benjamin Thomas and Joseph Whitehead, lobbied Chandler for the bottling rights to his drink. So he sold them. For one dollar. It's thought that he never believed that bottled drinks would see success. Unfortunately for him, he couldn't have been more wrong. Even worse, his bottling contracts had no expiration date. Asa Chandler had to sell Coke syrup at the same price forever. So, in order to maximize their profits, they needed to sell as much as possible, which meant reducing the price to the buyer as much as possible. And so Coca-Cola embarked on an extensive ad campaign to create a psychological association between Coke and the five-cent price tag, making it impossible for bottlers to charge more. In 1928, sales of bottled Coke would surpass sales from soda fountains, and even though bottling contracts were renegotiated in 1921, the cost of total rebranding, along with other factors, just wasn't worth it so the price remained the same. One of those other factors was the technology behind Coca-Cola's vending machines. By 1950, there were almost half a million of them, and none of them could reliably make change. As a result, you had to be able to buy a Coke with a single coin. They thought that using six pennies would reduce sales, and refused to double the price to ten cents. All of these factors created the perfect storm for what's, in my opinion, the most interesting element of this story, the seven and a half cent coin. In 1953, Robert Woodruff, who had twice failed out of college, was president of the Coca-Cola company. He successfully built Coke into an international entity, and so when the company sought to raise its prices that year, he approached his old hunting buddy, President Dwight Eisenhower, for help in minting a seven and a half cent coin. Both Dwight and the US Treasury Department were unsympathetic, and no new denominations of coin would be minted until the Kennedy half dollar 11 years later. Coca-Cola was in a tight spot. After World War II, inflation was on the rise, and the nickel coke was no longer sustainable. With their machines still only able to take one type of coin and still unable to make reliable change, the eggheads at Coke created a new way of raising prices that was, thankfully, never implemented on a national scale. They called it the official blank. For every eight bottles in the machine, there was one empty bottle, and the idea was that whoever put in a nickel and got the empty bottle would then have to put in another one to get a full bottle of Coke. Now, I don't know about you, but if I got an official blank, there's no way I'm going to effectively pay for two and get one. But my preferences aside, this raised the average price of a bottle of Coke to 5.625 cents. The official blank never left small-scale testing. Eventually, it became apparent that the creativity of the idea men at Coke couldn't save them. The nickel Coke was dead. By 1951, Coca-Cola stopped putting five cents on its advertisements. Prices in pockets around the country were reported to be anywhere between six and ten cents. By 1959, the nickel Coke had gone extinct. The very last one had been sold. It was an end of an era. Now, in 2017, a nickel can't buy you anything, but in the living memory of your parents or grandparents, it could get you a refreshing, ice-cold bottle 
of the real thing. This is Ellis Tucci at Hidden History, signing off.